Hello and welcome back to Ethically Yours, our podcast to simplify sustainability and I'm your host Darshana. Pardon me if I sound a little out of practice as I resume podcasting after a really long time. But I'm so excited for today's episode as I'm speaking with an epic change maker and entrepreneur. My guest today is Bhagashree Jain, founder of the Disposal Company. She has spent most of her career in building ESG-first business strategies and sustainability solutions for waste management, plastic recycling, and net zero emissions. The Disposal Company will be turning three soon and is backed by Accenture and CIIE, which I think is an incubator for innovators set up at the IIM Ahmedabad. With over 40 clients across India, Singapore, and the UK, the disposal company is currently valued at a whopping $2 million and has offices in Jaipur, Mumbai, and Birmingham. But what exactly does the company do? Well, allow me to welcome my guest Bhagyashree to answer this and so many more questions. Hello, Bhagyashree. Welcome to Ethically Yours. How are you doing today? Hi, Darshana. Thank you so much for having me for Ethically Yours today. I'm very excited. And yeah, we've been doing great. And yeah, just extremely like, you know, thrilled to be talking to you about the disposal company and more. Superb. So let's begin as I have a really long list of questions for you. So are you ready? Yeah, of course. Go for super, it. Super, super. So to begin with, um, your LinkedIn profiles about us says that the Disposal Company is India's first plastic credit platform dedicated to climate action, recycling plastic waste, and empowering waste workers. Firstly, congratulations on building such a strong platform, but help me simplify it. I'd like you to explain what each term in that bio really means. So how about we start with plastic credits? What exactly are plastic credits? Sure. So first, thanks a lot. Uh, and Okay, so let's jump into plastic credits. So see, a very simple term. It's an analogous to carbon credits. Uh, I'm pretty sure that people are more familiar with carbon credits. Uh, now, these credits, either plastic or carbon, when we talk about them, these are transferable certificates, which essentially indicate that in terms of plastic, that a particular quantity of plastic has been recovered from the environment and has been recycled. Now, in this process, we generally look at like, you know, like a kg of plastic or maybe a ton of plastic. Uh, this plastic is first collected from landfills, where it is collected by rack pickers and waste aggregators. This plastic is then cleaned segregated because it's mostly post-consumer plastic waste, which is generally hard to recycle. Uh, we also term, like, term it as low-value plastic waste. So in terms of plastic waste, this plastic is recovered and then it is cleaned, segregated and sent over to impact projects. Now, these impact projects are small recyclers across India right now, uh, like you know the ones that we deal with. Now, these recycling projects are also registered with Central Pollution Control Board, CPCB which is the governing body on plastic waste in India. Now, these projects, when they recycle the plastic for us, so this entire process is also documented with PCB so that at any given point of time, a brand or an individual can verify the impact that we are creating. Now, once this entire process has happened, which is like, you know, right from your recovery to recycling, 
and the plastic recycled is converted into like a like the next step or the next you know uh, mostly it's called gpps uh, and like for the uninitiated the gpps essentially means journal purpose polystyrene which in real terms is circular economy wherein this plastic sorry, can sorry. now be reused i'm going to, to make some other products i'm going to interrupt here i think i lost you at gpp c s s okay okay so gpps is journal purpose polystyrene now gpps in real terms is what reflects your circular economy so when we talk about circular economy and specifically in terms of plastic you essentially mean that you take a product of which is made out of plastic you recycle it you and then you can maybe make a different product out of this this plastic right and you can maybe keep using this plastic again and again so that's exactly what we do in this process and once we ensure that the entire cycle or the loop has been closed that's when a plastic credit certificate is generated which reflects 1 kg of plastic now so this is what we like you know essentially transfer to a brand or a certificate or to a or to an individual signifying that they are now a plastic neutral brand or individual i hope that was helpful i hope so i'm a little confused yet so i'm going to ask for further explanation um are these granules sure. that you're talking about when you say gpps and are they essentially converted into um a different product or something like that and who basically issues these certificates of plastic neutrality is it um cpcb or is there a different board who does that how does that loop work work okay okay so to answer your first question what happens to these gpps granules so let me actually like you know give you some realistic products that we make out of these gpps granules one is the photo frames so photo frames industry in india is has completely revolutionized the uptake of like you know the gpps granules especially the recycled granules so today the photo frames that are being made in india especially if you see like a black plastic photo frame out there the chances are very high that it is made out of recycled plastic then we are working with governments on certain projects where they're making park benches out of this recycled plastic in fact uh, so there's a very common problem that we see uh, you know like even in higher societies where the potholes which were generally made out of metal they used to get stolen right just for the scrap value of metal but now these are being replaced by the the pothole covers being made out of recycled plastic so you know they wouldn't really hold value much value for you know somebody to steal them yet they solve a major problem and they also promote like circular economy then we are making walls out of this recycled plastic in fact so a lot of government buildings are now incorporating like a particular wall like and they're dedicating some space to this recycled uh, you know plastic made walls uh in fact we are also making products like bangles uh this is this you could count this as downsizing a little bit but then uh, again there is use case for a low, lower value of gpps granules so in tier 3 and tier 4 cities of india the gpps granules is actually being used to make bangles um so yeah so those are just some of the like you know use cases but uh, every, with every passing day they are actually looking for more and more use cases for the gpps granules uh now coming to your second question which was about you know who issues the certifications of plastic neutrality now there are two levels of certification see any certification would hold value if it's verified by a third party so in this case the first party like essentially like you know uh, the party insuring so recycler is the first party that is actually recycling the plastic on ground then the disposal company is where the second step of verification happens where we verify it you know through physical audits as well as through documentational audits 
and cpcb central pollution control board the governing body on plastic waste is the third party involved here that does the third the third party verification and only upon this verification so you know the impact project they hold a license value for a period of only one year only upon a physical and like you know a documentational audit by cpcb their annual license is renewed so that's how you can actually uh, you know make sure that if you're getting like a certification plastic quality certification it comes from a cpcb verified uh, impact project i have to say you've gotten yourself into a pretty complicated business <laughs> so um tell me so how do you basically build this entire infrastructure do you have um your own recycling units do you work with other recycling units um you also mentioned in the bio that uh with the way with the work that you're doing you're essentially also trying to empower waste workers so can you help me understand what is the role of uh waste workers in the entire plastic recycling ecosystem and how does your platform help them do better sure so first is no we do not own our own recycling project we are an aggregator of recycling project so we work with small recyclers across the country and we build like we bring them on a common platform where they can interact with brands so the disposal company essentially is a bridge between the brands the waste workers and the recyclers now uh, coming to your like the next part of the question which is how do we empower waste workers see one we have a very robust economy of waste collectors or you know waste pickers across india and this economy although uh, like it's not been mainstream but it's been extremely vibrant they've been working for you know like two or three decades now and they have very good knowledge of you know they can identify plastic by type just by looking at it uh, so they have an understanding now what the disposal company has done is that we have not dismantled this ecosystem in fact we work on empowering them so when we bring them on our common platform we these so okay uh, these waste workers essentially have been working with low high value plastic waste traditionally high value plastic waste being like you know your pet bottles or your hdpe uh, or your transparent plastic that's it you know these simply high value plastic means something that will fetch you good value now these waste workers have been traditionally working with them what the disposal company does is that we focus on low value plastic waste so the cpg industry which is like the our primarily clientele that's a major generator of low value plastic waste now when we work with direct pickers and waste aggregators we tell them that we'll give you an equal amount or a equal pricing point for the low value plastic waste as you've been getting the similar to what you've been getting for high value as well so these direct pickers have now an additional source of income second we provide them better working conditions so we provide them with the right gear to ensure that they are working in safe conditions we provide them you know your your kids your you know wearing gears your boots your uh, like you know your gloves and masks everything right so and to ensure that you know these like the ghg emissions do not harm them uh, second is like i said so we increase their modes of income when they go to a landfill so today they do not have to any more like you know uh go into landfills and then you know only pick out high value plastic out of it they can pick up any plastic and the disposal company will make sure that it's recycled and they get fair market value for this the third thing that we do for the rack pickers and waste aggregators is that in the industry since we have now some commanding power due to the sheer amount of plastic waste that we control uh, on a monthly basis and on an annual basis we are able to command the right prices in the industry for them as well 
so no more like you know um, save there's a bigger recycler out there they cannot command and you know uh, exploit them for lower pricing so that's one uh lastly we also ensure that our brands get involved deeper into you know working with waste workers and into this conversation where our brands constantly work with our practical communities to either you know sponsor certain health benefits for them or sponsor certain educational benefits for their children or you know just sometimes organize camps with them so that's an additionality that we are working on that's quite commendable i have to say because there is enough and more reports and documentaries to really illustrate the condition of rag pickers and waste pickers waste workers um in our country so kudos on that part um i have a couple more questions when you mentioned that you uh, work as an aggregator um how do you how do you standardize the practices in a given recycling facility or how do you ensure quality um since you work with multiple recyclers do you have some sort of a sop that you then try and you know activate with the factories that you work with how how does that streamline for you right so there are two sides to it one is of course like you know we have a sop we have a impact code that we work with uh which not only like you know defines the quality of the product that has to be prepared but it also defines the working conditions so for example uh, like you know our work does not stop at rag pickers and disaggregators in fact the recyclers that we work with so uh, amongst our sop they also have to follow like you know having the right setup in their factories for example ensure the number of uh, you know just your fire uh, like ensure the right setup for maybe uh, work, like managing the fire or you know just uh, the right setup even for the workers working in the factory if they have the right equipments to work with so so we do define those sops as well and the disposal company is very strict about like you know the kind of sops that have to be managed in fact our feet on the ground does uh, you know very constant checks in the factories as well uh, that's something that you know uh, and we hope to also like now start publishing reports around that uh now secondly in terms of like you know how we maintain the quality so uh, so when we bring you know like so we are trying to build an ecosystem here uh, and the disposal company is like you know working as the bridge so the next step towards this is when we ensure that all the plastic that is recycled uh, the given quantity that is that has been done for us that also gets sold in the market later so that the recyclers also have like a constant motivation which is a financial motivation to keep recycling the plastic for us so we bring the players also on board who will then end up purchasing this and to maintain that we ensure that you know we take care of the quality of this plastic because that passes to us uh, so yeah so the, and, but but i would have to also like you know admit that if it's, uh, it's a process that we are working on it's not completely uh, i would say 100% like you know uh, like safe process we're still working on it every day like you know we try that a better quality of recycled plastic can be produced so that the uptake of like the gpgs uh, granules or the recycled plastic increases now that that must be a mammoth task i mean i'm just uh, you know looking at how unorganized this entire sector is and then to bring in uh, processes and practices and standards i think uh, i i can i can't even imagine the depth of uh, work and i'm glad that you also mentioned about um, you know giving them a channel to sort of sell those products because that was going to be my question to say that how do you try and incentivize that you know what is that x factor for them to work with you but i think you've um sort of answered uh that um 
the other thing uh, you know there is a bunch of different types of plastic that we generate um you know there's a single use poly bags the pet bottles um there's all sort of packaging there is single layer multi layer uh, plastic bottles tubes paper packaging that also um is lined with plastic in so many other um kinds of plastic that sort of seeps into our life that you know we not we we may not right. even be aware of so do you end up right. working with all kinds of plastic or do you have certain limitations in the ecosystem that you're building so that's no honestly it's been a journey for us uh, when we started and you know we from the day one we knew that we wanted to focus on low value plastic waste because that's where the real problem lies you know that's so if you go to a landfill today chances are very high that you might not find a pet bottle there entirely because somebody or other would have picked it up what you will find is the low value plastic waste uh, and that's something that you know is on all of us um, especially after the pandemic and during the pandemic are like you know just like the sheer num- like amount of things that we've been consuming and the consumption patterns have risen so so that was the real problem that we were focusing on but having said that we were not able to find solutions for mlp so like you said you know there are papers which have a plastic lining on them there are glass like there's glass which has plastic lining on them there are paper cups there are there are endless things so all of like this mlp which is multi layer packaging was our biggest problem uh, but we started with like you know uh, like plastic like ldpe we started with all grades of ldpe then hdpe uh, and you know pp pvc and like but constantly like, you know we were looking for a solution for mlp and uh, about like you know uh, one one and a half years ago is you know when we started working with uh, like a like a small impact project around delhi ncr which was doing some revolutionary work they were actually uh, working on r&d for mlp and then we sponsored some of those uh, r&d uh, you know works and we finally like now have impact projects working with us uh, in fact like you know there are projects now who are actually learning from those uh, r&ds and bringing in newer technologies to recycle mlp so so today like fortunately we recycle almost every type of plastic uh, so so yeah and and that's been a great learning journey for us as well um, but also uh, in terms of like you know our work is is not only plastic offsetting because that's not really the final solution uh, it it's like a bandaid solution i always say plastic recycling is a bandaid solution it is it cannot be like the final step uh, so what we are also working on is we are working with brands to design their packaging better so if you for example just you know randomly pick up say a shampoo bottle or a face wash bottle today you will find two or three different elements on it there'll be a bottle there'll be a cap onto it you know uh, today you might also have like a tube of sorts inside it if you have if there's a pump on it and then you know there's a plastic uh, like label material around it so these are like three four different types of plastic now earlier when people were designing the products especially the companies the fmcg companies they were not thinking about the end life cycle of these products so you would just design something that would look great or have like a longevity add to longevity to your product uh, and you would put it out in the environment but today you need to think about it so that's what also what we work on with brands to ensure that maybe design products that have a single type of plastic onto them you know maybe don't have your uh, label materials if we can do away with them or if we can bring in a more sustainable label material inside so those small small changes and i think they these will these will go a long way in, in then like reducing the amount of plastic waste we have 
It's interesting and I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, I didn't know y'all were doing that. So I think it's a great um, step in the right direction where we talk about reduce in the first place instead of recycle. Um, but since we're at it, can you maybe help us give, uh, maybe throw some numbers, some figures, but just give a context of what exactly is uh, the situation or the problem with the plastic waste industry or packaging waste at large? Where do we stand as a country right now? And, you know, what are the larger sources um, of this waste generation? Is it What kind of products is it? What kind of industries is it? So if you can just help us, uh, you know, set some context to the kind of problem that you're trying to solve here. Sure. So, look, uh, we are generating about 300 million, uh, you know, MLP packaging, 300 million kgs of MLP packaging every year. Uh, okay. And it's more, if we go on the same trajectory, this is going to more than triple by the next three years. So, one, like, you know, just maybe put that into context and we're going to require at least uh, $45 billion to just solve the plastic problem if like you know uh, also that is also like a optimistic number if i have to put it that way uh, like you know given that the kind of plastic recycling uh, ha is like you know going around the world uh, so, so these are like the top two numbers that i i can tell you like you know upfront uh, now in terms of like what are the major problems with plastic waste today so like i said the major problem is the consumption patterns See, the companies are going to keep producing till the time we, like, you know, are going to keep consuming them. And also, consumption patterns don't just mean the sheer amount of, like, you know, like, products that you're consuming. It also means that, you know, like, you as, as somebody who's using these products, you need to highlight, you need to say that, you know, okay, I'm ready to pay a premium, like, but maybe switch to a better material. Because frankly, today, most companies, if you if you think that, oh, somebody's going to have a vision about it just, you know, randomly tomorrow, no, it's not happening. Because there's a cost involved to sustainability. And that cost is going to trickle down to you as a consumer at the end of the day. So most of the plastic problem that we're seeing today comes from CPG industry. It And in fact, like if we just have to look at waste problem, it comes from fashion industry as well, as you are very well aware of it, right? So now... We as people, unless like if, if I have to say about fashion industry, if, unless like, you know, I as someone stops using fast fashion or I stop at least like if I don't look at reducing my like, you know, buying pattern, people like companies are going to put it out, in, out you know, in the market. So similarly with plastic, it's really one like we need to voice that, you know, hey, I'm ready to pay maybe a certain amount, but we need to switch to a better alternative. So CPG industry has been seeing this pattern. Apart from this, just, you know, every organization that, you know, you see today, like, you know, our office, your office, every other office, they're like, we're just using plastic and we don't even realize, you know, it's very simple to do away with plastic water bottles. So uh, around the world, every minute we are putting out about 20 million plastic bottles. I think, yeah, I, I think that's the number. So we're putting out about 20 million plastic bottles every minute around the world. Now, we can do away with that. You know, I see you using like, you know, a reusable bottle. Uh, I, I'm sure that, you know, it's a little bit of hassle than buying bottle in, anytime, anywhere. But we need to take those steps in the right direction. So, so yeah, I, I think like, did I answer your question? Loud and clear. Thank you. <laughs> 
No, I do feel that um, there is a lot of responsibility on the consumers, but I'm also glad to see the kind of brands that you work with. Um, and I've I've used a few of the uh, skincare brands that you work with, and it's great to see that a lot of them have bottles and packaging that's made out of 100% recycled plastic as well, um, which is great. It's always nice to know that the brand that you're, you know, you vote with your money and, you know, when you put your money at the right place, I'm sure that there is a lot of um, young entrepreneurs who want to do the right things. Um, there is yeah. a lot more that we have to discuss, but I just want to take a step back and ask you a little about your background and how did you actually end up in the plastic recycling industry because it is unique you know I mean I also ended up working in sustainability but I think what I do is a little more holistic uh, with of course fashion craft um, as a focus but I think plastic and plastic recycling specifically is also somewhat technical so what's your background how did you get here? So I started my career uh, by working as an advisor to Delhi CM, Mr. Arvind Kejriwal and public grievances. Now, um, a lot of my work in public grievances actually centered around the problems that, you know, people around who live near the Gazipur landfill in, in, in Delhi. Now, this is the tallest garbage mountain in India. Uh, and it's infamous, like, you know, for all the GAG emissions, it's infamous for all the health problems it has caused to people living in the vicinity. Uh, plus, you know, like just uh, like everyday problems that even the businesses face around that problem. So in my role uh, as an advisor to CM, we used to every day, like, you know, just go through a bunch of these documents that would just like bring us back to this Gazipur landfill. Uh, and that also involved like some of the physical audits uh, that I used to do there. Uh, so during that time, like, I like specifically remember that, you know, initially, like we would just even struggle to get out of our car uh, because of the sheer smell in this plastic dump. Uh, and when we did, like, we could see that Delhi's like one on one end, you could see like Delhi's skyline and on the other end, you would see this mountain of like, you know, garbage and filled with plastic, just like, you know, filled with plastic, all sorts of plastic. Uh, that really caught my attention and then like you know just uh, I used to research on it I was working on it and then fortunately through this work I also got a chance to work with certain early like you know recyclers who were working on plastic and Delhi government was like you know really uh, working towards empowering them um, and so that just really got me into the technical staff later and just caught my attention uh, from there, I actually pivoted and started working with these recyclers on setting up more units, bringing in newer technologies. Uh, I visited a few countries and just like, you know, saw what all technologies are around there, uh, you know, what are, what's happening in China, what's happening in Germany. So a lot of exhibitions as well. And then uh, brought in certain technologies, worked with them. So I worked on ground with certain recyclers across Delhi NCR. And then we found that all these sophisticated technologies would just not work. For a simple reason that in these countries, there is a system for plastic segregation, which we don't have in India. We are used to dumping all our plastic waste together, like, you know, your, with your food waste, with your organic, all the waste. So, so that's like, you know, kind of seemed like a futile effort. And then uh, I started working on actually understanding what could we do to make these machinery, like, you know, compatible for Indian waste. 
uh and that like so that rabbit hole just took me down to you know certain years uh two three years of my life just figuring out the technologies and once we had certain right technologies and then like i just moved on to replicating them i worked with whirlpool um and uh like you know mohan mckins on consulting basis and worked with these companies to help establish their in-house waste management system uh and from there in 2020 i got married uh, moved to rajasthan and i started like you know set up another plastic recycling unit which was the first authorized unit in jaipur um uh, and during pandemic i also consulted like the government in rajasthan on managing cities waste and then we were uh, ourselves running the unit uh, and then we saw this huge consumption pattern that i keep talking about that you know and the sheer rise of the D- number of d2c brands that we saw in india that to me just looked like oh my god the num- like amount of waste that we are going to see now um, so from there i like in like i as an incorporated the disposal company and we brought in the mechanism of plastic credits uh, to the indian market it's quite a journey congratulations yet again thank you <clears throat> you know so in this entire journey i'm sure there must have been a lot of ups and downs um i've had my own entrepreneurial journey so i could maybe guess um the ups and downs but the thrill is just insane um and of course firsts are always special so tell me about the first time um in fact it could be both the sides you know initially i just want to ask you how your experience was reaching out to a brand um to get them on board and help them understand what you were doing um what plastic credits would really mean but tell me about both the sides how was it when you went to the first brand and to the first recycler um to say that hey guys i've set up this company and i don't know whether you've heard about this or not before but you know join me so tell me about that experience tell me if people understood what you were doing tell me everything <laughs> <laughs> so to be honest i don't think like people till date like understand it at the first go like you know what we really do uh it's it's more of it trying to change a, a habit pattern you know um so that that part is still like a like a journey for us but um so we pivoted a lot it was not easy we created bunch of solutions that just did not work that were not right either like you know sometimes i solution was not packaged right sometimes like you know the we were not using the right words and then sometimes it was not the right value that we were asking for our product so not that simple like we pivoted and pivoted and pivoted until we stumbled upon like you know the right set of solution with the right packaging and the right pricing um it was comparatively easy when i went to like from from the operate from the operations perspective because i come from the industry so you know talking to rap pickers and waste aggregators building those communities building the poc and sop for that whole operations part and then coming to recyclers it was comparatively easier for me uh, just because i had a background in that ecosystem so people were like okay we don't fully get what you're trying to do but we'll support you so i did get a lot of support uh, on the on that side and also our pitch to them was that we're trying to do something where you know we'll bring in more money for you so are you like up for this project so so that that pretty much like you know that that was a bit sorted for us um on the brand side i really don't remember like you know like how many brands in the first phase we reached out to but it was just like you know like an endless no 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 uh until we stumbled upon m caffeine uh which is one of the biggest like you know skincare brands in india today uh so the founders at m caffeine i still remember it was a cold message on linkedin uh, i messaged tarun 
the one of the co-founders on linkedin and i said hey tarun uh, you know this is something that you're trying to do and uh, would you be up to like you know just just hear me out and uh, like you know within like the next 15 minutes i actually got a message back from tarun saying that you know we yeah, we are trying to become sustainable we don't know like you know how uh, and if you really have a solution for our plastic like you know packaging problem glad to hear you out um, and I, i think i think uh, tarun really did give chance to a lot of people in those terms that i think even today someone goes to him and tells him that you know hey this is a sustainable you this is how you can make m coffee more sustainable i think he'll hear you out so so we got the chance we got on a call and it took me one hour to explain to him the whole process but i told him that you're going to be the first one to actually be doing this so you you'll have to be as crazy as I, as me that you know i'm going to tell you that this is how it's going to be done and like yeah you'll have to be the first brand but after m caffeine did like you know and i'm very happy that m caffeine was the first brand that we worked with just because of the image that m caffeine holds the power in the industry m caffeine holds because from there the day the first pr came out it snowballed for us because it kind of became like the industry standard that if m caffeine is doing this everybody needs to be doing this so so yeah so that's like you know our journey and we'll till date like very fortunate to have m caffeine as one of our like you know biggest partners damn good lovely tell me more about the kind of brands that you're working with who are these brands what industries do they come from um and so when you approached your first brand there was an intent to become sustainable so do you um typically end up working with brands that have certain core values inclined to sustainability or are you also um engaged with brands who have nothing remotely um even in terms of awareness or sense of responsibility uh, towards it but are now bending towards it i'll answer the latter part of your question first um so see there are multiple reasons that brands work okay sometimes yes like you know there is like a inherent uh, core like you know the the like reason that you know that the founders uh, or the team is just that yes we want to be sustainable it like it's that it it defines who they are you know in person uh, so if somebody is really enthusiastic about sustainability so we we have like a lot of brands where that's been the case um there has also been like case where it's more from the, the the like push from the investor side because today a lot of investors take like you know sustainability uh, as part of the risk assessment for a brand um so you know we talk about that even in terms of esg on a larger level where today globally esg is considered uh, as part of the risk assessment for companies so that's that's there in fact in india today we are starting to see that from investors uh a lot of investors in fact like push like you know towards sustainability so fireside ventures for example is very bullish on sustainability uh amongst their portfolio brands so one of the reasons is that third is that you know it's industry standards like you know when your when your competitor is doing this that and it's given them an edge in the industry you've got to do the same so i think um, i and the industry pressure is going to be largely the reason why most of the like you know people are going to be doing this so it's a combination of all the reasons um in terms of the partner brands that we are working with yes we have a great uh, like you know deal of like brands who where like like i said so it it really comes from the founders where they are they envision their brand to be a sustainable one um i think it also comes from the like you know that the tg today like you know the millennials or the gen z uh, they really do care about uh, environment and and 
they want like the brands that they interact with to be more humane uh, so so to do that you you can't just like we're not in an era where just saying is enough you need to prove that you know that you know your money is where you know your mouth is so you need to say do things and prove to them that we're doing this about the environment and you can also be a part of this initiative um so yeah so for example so today the brands that we are working so we are actually working with about 55 brands today uh and they are across your uh, skin care and beauty industry so like i said m caffeine uh, pilgrim and then uh, juicy chemistry better beauty vanity wagon so not just brands we are actually now working with aggregators uh and sublime life and uh, vanity wagon are two of the biggest aggregators in the beauty industry today and they actually focus only on conscious beauty um so they are also our partners uh we work with food uh, based uh, cpg brands like you know slurp farm and then uh, true vitals uh, so we are also starting to work we work with nutraceutical wellbeing nutrition safety nutrition uh and then cure health so we are so that is another industry that we are working with very recently we started also working with some of the fashion brands like edamama is one of our first partners uh and in fact another reason that i forgot to mention uh is like apart from investors in fact like you know the brand ambassadors are also now uh, pushing towards sustainability so a lot of our partner brands are actually like you know backed or like you know the investors include virat kohli anushka sharma alia bhat deepika padukone um and and uh, sara ali khan so you know in fact like we see that it has come from the the ambassadors that you know like they would want to work with the most sustainable brands so so yeah so these are just some of our partner brands we're also working with clay coffee uh, blue tokai coffee uh, and we hope to work more with the qsr industry as well uh, in the coming few days interesting i'm glad that you mentioned one fashion brand because it, that was going to be uh, my pivot as well um you know the beauty wellness food generally has a kind of packaging that carries plastic uh when you look at the fashion industry what sort of plastic waste are you looking at you know recycling yeah so see fashion industry actually like you know it does have considerable amount of plastic which we generally end up ignoring so one like very straightforward is like you know the packaging that we see like you know which is used to maybe patch your shirts or t-shirts or any like you know your anything so the that's the primary packaging that we see but if you like you know today pull up a garment you more likely see like you know a tag you know just uh, you know behind your on the collar side so that tag actually includes plastic and they actually include microplastic which are very harmful uh in most cases the buttons if there is if there are any on your garment they have microplastics in them uh then a lot of brands also include like you know like uh, like small uh, spaghetti stripes for you to hang your uh, clothes right all of them have microplastics in them if you have any sort of label which you generally would see on h&m or zara like you know the the white labels that you have attached to your garment all plastic so all of them have microplastics and microplastics are even more harmful than you know your like a large plastic that you can actually hold and see because these microplastics when you wash your garment they will actually go into the water and this water once like you know it enters like it it like flushes out and it enters your water body it's going to come back to you it's one going to harm the water bodies in the in in the marine life and second it's going to come back to you in some form and even today we are seeing that newborn babies are born with microplastics in the inside their body 
uh, we are in fact consuming every year on an average an individual consumes microplastic equal to a credit card uh, but and in fact that's old data it's, it's way more than that that we are consuming today so so yeah uh, so i think like it's time that fashion industry also starts offsetting its plastic footprint and then also simultaneously work with reduction on plastic interesting uh well the fashion industry has a lot of work to do and uh, i know that there are a lot of people who are working tirelessly and of course the consumers have a very very huge role to play and i think one of the things that is sort of helping a consumer with a little more mindful consume consumption uh within the fashion industry are certifications or you know certain labels that sort of guide them with a little more information about what is this product made of whether you know in terms of materials is it an organic cotton is it a natural fiber is it a man made fiber um you know where is it produced and things like that um in your case i've also seen something um that you've launched called the seal of sustainability um tell us a little about this is this similar to these kind of labels that fashion brands carry is it a kind of certification and what does it do to the brand to um your recycling partners and to your consumers what what is the thought process behind launching this seal of sustainability okay so let me paint a picture for you and i need your help in this so suppose like you know just pick, pick up if you pick up a random product like you know any cpg product uh, like you know maybe a face wash or maybe any skincare product um, most likely you will see a recycling sign on your product right yeah you will or you will see like a recycling sign with a number inside it or maybe like you'll see a dustbin and a man putting something in a dustbin have you seen those yep. things uh, just tell me what does that recycling sign signify to you what does it mean to you uh well it just says that it is recyclable uh the fact that i have right. to take the onus as a consumer to ensure that it is segregated and it reaches um a right recycling center but i think i can say that because maybe i might be a slightly informed consumer but um for anybody exactly. who says that would say okay my job is done that sign says something yeah. so more than 75% of people assume that that recycling sign actually means that you know that it's being recycled right. you know in fact so 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 people don't know what recyclable means like a lot of brands are nowadays writing recyclable that's just greenwashing it does not mean anything okay so now you as a consumer uh, somebody who's, who's like you know passionate about sustainability somebody who cares about the environment uh, but if you go to like you know an aisle today to purchase something how do you really know and like you know how are you to pick up a product and know that you're making an informed purchase this is where the seal of sustainability comes into picture because seal of sustainability certification is says loud and clear that this company this brand is taking care of their plastic footprint so we launched the seal of sustainability trademark certification to eliminate any sort of greenwashing where there are third party checks and only upon those checks is a certification issued to a brand that this brand is really taking care of their footprint and the consumer can make a conscious decision and not have the burden of wondering if i'm making like you know an environmentally safe purchase or not so that's the baseline of it now now see any certification it needs to hold authority it need to be backed 
so so couple of things that we do so like i said so one is that the disposal company itself does the audit we do physical verification uh and then like you know so every month there is a audit done uh, with the brand where we the audit is across their stds where we understand what type of plastic are they using in their product and an equal and same amount of plastic is also being offset from the environment now this audit is then backed by the audit by ppcb central pollution control board apart from this in fact we encourage all our partner brands to carry out another audit with their auditor that you know they can do and and brands do that you know in fact investors do that so fire side does that so brands would do audit they would visit our facilities impact partners and see for themselves that the plastic that we are claiming to be recycled is actually recycled and it's all post consumer plastic waste so we ensure that there is additionality in this process and the same is also reported to the government so so yeah so the idea of seal of sustainability is simply to eliminate any sort of greenwashing so we can um confidently say that it is a certification of sorts that a person or a consumer can look out for when yes. buying a product yes exactly so we in fact encourage all our partner brands to put seal of sustainability everywhere across their packaging on their website so that the consumers can know and be aware that you're offsetting the plastic footprint okay um the other question is now that you have sort of um establish this as a certification and i do see that you have multiple la- layers of third party intervention to sort of verify and validate uh, this data are you looking at extending this certification to other brands that may not be uh, a partner of your organization um like other certification bodies globally do within the fashion ecosystem or is it something that only a brand who is partnered with the disposal company can sort of um you know avail of this or will be qualified for this certification no so like i said the idea of seal of sustainability is actually to make the purchase decision easier for the consumer so we've created an sop and we've already started the process of onboarding brands who like you know regardless if they're not partners with the disposal company but if they can furnish the documents to actually verify that yes they are they like they are a plastic neutral brand they can access the seal of sustainability uh and in fact like beyond that we're not just uh, giving the seal of sustainability and like you know issuing it to plastic neutral brands we are now uh, coming up with newer seals which are like a seal for plastic neutral workplace as well uh because a lot of employees today want that their organization actually shares their uh, like you know shares their enthusiasm for in like climate action so we are working with organizations at large who can access the seal of sustainability given that you know uh, they like actually prove to us that they take like x number of actions on eliminating the plastic from their ecosystem from the supply chain uh and going ahead we are also coming up with an sop for a carbon neutral uh, brand like you know and carbon positive brands as well i have to say that um launching a certification of your own is is no game so um if you have really done it the way you're saying i think kudos to you it's a massive massive project um are there any other seals or certifications or labels within the plastic neutrality realm at this point that are available in india or originating from india uh i don't know of anyone originating from india though uh, but in terms of availability yes so vera uh, is a non profit organization 
uh, that is also working on setting standards uh, for plastic waste management globally. Uh, so, so Vera does have a certification. Uh, I think yeah, that that's the epitome of like global certifications in terms of plastic waste. So, in fact, we are looking to associate with Vera and have the seal of sustainability and Vera certification coming together. Nice. Um, the other thing that you mentioned uh, was the fact that individuals are very keen. So employees are keen, uh, but there are sustainability activists and advocates who are doing a lot of um, work by themselves to you know, live more mindfully or are inspiring people around them. Um, and I think in one of our conversations, you know, you did mention about you know, launching a platform that will sort of help um, individuals become plastic neutral as well. So before we get to the platform, can you tell me what it would mean for an individual to be plastic neutral? Sure. So see, from an individual perspective, the first, so anytime, so give either a brand or an individual, the first part is measurement. So you measure your plastic footprint. How you do that? So in, for individuals, we're launching a plastic footprint calculator. Um, and through this plastic footprint calculator, you just have to input certain data points where like, it talks about how many you know gowns do you buy, how many plastic bottles do you buy, how like you know what sort of consumption patterns do you have. It just takes your consumption pattern into account, and then it comes up with a number of like you know in terms of kg, what is your plastic footprint in a year or in a month? Uh, now similarly, like you know how we do it for organizations. Uh, either that or you can take like you know the global average plastic footprint which is 50 kg so which means that on an average an individual will use 50 kgs of plastic in a year now in either way so to become a plastic neutral individual you need to offset those kgs of plastic footprint which means that you finance a plastic recycler to recycle 50 kgs of post-consumer plastic waste for you now the disposal company can help you do that you can finance one of our impact project partners uh, and we will ensure that the post-consumer plastic waste of an equivalent amount to your footprint is offsetted by us and you receive a certification for it, similar to how brands receive the certification. Uh, so this is one. Now, the second thing is that just uh, apart from encouraging people, we are now moving on to incentivizing individuals to recycle their plastic waste. So we are launching TDC Aqua very soon. Now, TDC Aqua, it, what it does for you is that when you recycle plastic waste, so for every kg of plastic that you recycle and the amount that you put in for that, against every rupee, you earn one TDC Aqua Point. And this TDC Aqua Point is like a cred, uh, how actually Darshana like, you know, defined it. It's a cred where you can use these points to earn exclusive rewards from sustainable brands. So primarily your plastic neutral brand, but we'll also be bringing in climate neutral brands as well. Uh, so you can simply use these points to avail those offers. And these will be your exclusive rewards as a climate neutral individual. Interesting. And is this app live? Can people download it? How does it work? Is there a sign up? Is it invite only? Yeah. Yeah. So a so couple of things uh, on the on the app. Uh, it's going to be live very soon, but we're not yet launching an app. We'll be launching a website for it. Uh, and in fact, you will be able So one is that you can simply go on to the TDC Aqua app and you'll be able to log in and keep earning those rewards. In fact, um, apart from earning the rewards by offsetting your footprint, so every time you make a plastic neutral purchase uh, with one of our partner brands that, are, that has our API, 
which means that uh, some of our partner brands at the checkout uh, they give you an option to add rupees x to make your plastic or, or plastic neutral your order plastic neutral so when you do that even for those points you will be earning leather tdc aqua points so very soon uh, we'll be releasing the tdc aqua platform and yeah you'll be able to get those exclusive rewards then i like it i love being rewarded for good behavior and i think that is what has been missing uh because we are expecting yeah. a change of behavior i think this entire conversation of sustainability more than anything is really about psychology and behavior change so um i think Definitely. it's 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 a it's a formula that has worked for centuries that if you reward uh you know people perform better so i really wish you the best um for this particular platform so it it sounds extremely promising so i hope that more and more people engage with it learn more about uh, plastic waste waste segregation at home um as well um you know and just keep doing uh one good deed at a time um So as we come towards the end of um, our conversation I just want to ask you you know how do you personally feel about plastic as a material um I've spoken to a few people as part of uh, this podcast and a lot of them have felt that plastic as a material is is an absolutely amazing innovation uh, to come to think of it but it is us who couldn't manage it well and that's the reason why it's become a huge problem for us but what are your views um on plastic and do you think that with all the newer material innovations that we are seeing day in day out do you think plastic is going to be phased out um as a preferred material for packaging or do you think plastic is here to stay and that we just need to really learn to manage it better i definitely agree with people you know who have said that yes it's a brilliant innovation you know for n number of reasons like simple reason being that one it's long lasting second that you know it fits the budget uh, you know for the packaging companies uh, and for all the products where we use it today there's a reason why plastic became so popular right um uh, so so i do like agree with them but having said that yes i also like you know feel that at some point it did go out of our, of hand like you know we started producing it at like um, at like an, a sheer amount that we really did not have the infrastructure to control or to manage um so both the management and the production really need to go hand in hand and um, now when in during this conversation when you bring in like a third like you know product or say an alternative of plastic Yes, I'm all for you know newer materials. I'm all for newer alternatives to plastic, and especially you know when something like husk can be used, something which is like you know otherwise a byproduct, which is going to waste otherwise. If that can somehow be utilized and you know be used as an alternative, that would be our best case scenario. Ah, uh, but with that, we also any product, new material that we introduce now is the time when we think about the end life cycle of that product. we cannot do the same mistake that we did with plastic because when we started producing plastic we were really not thinking about what's going to happen to it once like you know it's been used once uh you know once it's been dumped what then so any new material that we like in that is introduced in the market we cannot mindlessly like you know hop onto it and say yes it's better it we need to prove that yes it's better because we also need to show how this product is going to either go back into circular economy or how what the end life cycle of this product is 
you've already achieved so much with the disposal company but uh, and i know that you're a fairly young just about 3 years um so what would be your ultimate dream for your company so our vision really is to you know become we 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 would like to become like you know the authority on climate action in india uh, and in fact like you know we are now going global Uh, so very recently our work was recognized and as part of the commonwealth games we were invited to like you know open our office uh, in birmingham uh, to support uk's net zero which is the work towards net zero so but before like you know we've already opened up our offices in uk and we started working with brands there as well but we would like that our work in india comes to a stage where on industry level uh we can help brands become plastic neutral help them become carbon neutral and so just like your podcast uh, our motto we we actually share the motto we just want to simplify climate action for everyone um so we want like we see that you know uh, us being at the center of ecosystem where any brand no matter how small how big if they decide that yes we want to go sustainable the disposal company should be able to like start there like and get them going on the vision from day one so they don't have to wait anymore it does, sustainability should not be expensive my best wishes for you to achieve all your dreams uh well that brings us to uh, my last question to you um and my parting question to you uh would be if you were to print a quote on a t-shirt uh, what would that say hope hope for the climate so so i think you know that that's my that's like really my message uh, on some days like you know it it sending out good vibes uh, and you know just talking to people asking them what they are doing and what like you know if i can learn something uh, and you know what uh, like you know if like i can tell them maybe like two things on my bad days it's like you know yeah i'm really hoping that you know there's a change coming along so so yeah that keeps me going hope for the climate I love it. Um though I've been asking all my guests these questions I'm really hoping that I actually print these t-shirts and send it your way someday. Yeah. Uh so that's going to take a little more effort yeah. from me but hope. Uh so uh thank yeah. you so much Bhageshree. Um I think this has been amazing. I uh, wish you all the best. Thank you so much Darshana and really like you know uh, I'm very glad that you are like deep dive into the, this and you asked like very just you know bold questions uh, and i got a chance to actually put this information out uh, to ethically your podcast so thank you so much for having me again and i had a great time speaking with you pleasure well thank you so much for listening do share your feedback and go listen to the other episodes on this podcast for now signing off ethically yours darshana